Who is buried in the mausoleum niche in Diamonds Are Forever? As you know, spy movie filming locations are one of the things we love to talk about here at SpyMovieNavigator.com. Today, we're talking with Matt Sherman about a discovery made during one of his recent tours. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzotto. From SpyMovieNavigator.com. Join us as we decode the location of a famous scene from Diamonds Are Forever with Matt Sherman, who runs BondFanEvents.com and is the author of Playing Games with James Bond and James Bond's Cuisine. Matt's been to over 400 Bond locations around the world, has conducted 34 location tours in the U.S. and overseas, and has emceed 85 Bond genre events. He calls himself M. Commentators have called M the top Bond expert in the world on nationwide radio and one of the Bond's community's most esteemed members, collectors, and writers in From the Cold. All right, so when we're looking for Bond locations, Matt has been a great help to us. And this location, the crypt, the mausoleum, and Diamonds Are Forever, has been assumed by all to be in one place. And we know now... It is in a slightly different location. We'll talk about what that means and how this was discovered. So, let's go. Yeah, so let's start this by talking about, I took Matt's all-time high James Bond filming location tour to Nevada and Utah in September of 2021. And we were looking for filming locations from both Diamonds Are Forever and Octopussy. Now, Matt gives a great tour, and he shows us locations that are well-known, as well as some surprises, which (laughs) is really nice. And you want somebody who knows his stuff about Bond, talk to Matt. Now, we don't want to give away all his secrets, right? But there is one location that for years has been thought to be in one spot by pretty much all the James Bond tours to date, by pretty much everybody. Well, on this tour, we actually discovered the assumed location was wrong. Now, it was only off by about 20, 15 or 20 feet, but it's an important 15 or 20 feet. Yeah, Tom, you know. How I want to be on the exact spot of a filming location. And we have spent hours doing that. So this is important. Yeah, so when I came back, we thought we'd get Matt on the podcast to talk about what we found. So yeah. hello, Matt. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do before we talk about what we found on this tour? Thank you. And first, thanks to you both for a lot of work that's appreciated for Spy Movie Navigator. There's not a better place to reveal a secret location. And we'll reveal more together right now. But I grew up in New York and visiting Florida, so I constantly was visiting James Bond film and book locations. I even lived within sight of James Bond book and film locations. I loved it. And when I grew up some more, I started leading James Bond and spy tours, and we freshened them. For example, we're going to tour Jamaica next year in 2022. Everyone wants to visit Goldeneye in Fleming's home, the home of the novels. And a few years ago, I said to the group, I have great news. Those of you who were with me in the last round, we went to Ian Fleming's home. We sat at Ian Fleming's desk. But this year, we're going to do that. And also, we're going to go down to Ian Fleming's private beach, where he spearfished, where he snorkeled, where the novels were inspired. So we're always trying to add fresh things. And the process is pretty simple. And you both know the process. You just always have your eyes peeled. You're always looking at old newspaper clippings. Or I might be on eBay looking at props or replica props or books. And I see a call sheet, a sheet listing, you know, cast and crew activities. And on a tour, we break for lunch at dinner, where I learn that the cast and crew broke for lunch and dinner when they were on the shoot, maybe even eat what they ate. So we're always trying to enhance the tours. And all three of us could ask friends who worked with the Bond franchise, but we like the hunt. So I'd rather spend (laughs) five or 10 hours looking for a 
pipe fitting or a hole in the wall or a mountain in Utah <laughs> than I would simply to call up a friend and ask. It's a lot more fun and we enjoy the hunt. Now we have a new Bond film to do a new hunt. Yeah, fun Absol- stuff. Absolutely. Okay, so Matt, the location that we found had been misidentified by everybody is at the mausoleum of the funeral home that is identified in the movie as Slumber, Inc. Now, it's a real funeral home with a different name, but it has two locations that were used in the filming of the movie. Yeah, so what we want to do is drill into this mausoleum part where Bond exchanges the money for the urn that supposedly has the diamonds in it. So you remember Bond pulls back the curtain, puts the urn in, takes out an envelope, and gets smashed over the head by Winter Kid. You see a glove dance. I'm not sure which one it was. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about the funeral home and the mausoleum and set the location here in our listeners' mind? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Palm Mortuary is a chain. It's a longtime respected mortuary chain in Las Vegas. They now have multiple locations. And as the population increases, of course, business keeps growing. So we've done everything on tour from visit the funeral parlor, the interior that inspired Ken Adams' set, to sitting down with staff and the directors of different mortuaries and talking about burial, the process, how Las Vegas has changed. When you visit the first spot in South Las Vegas used for exteriors, that was all desert. And as seen in the film as this middle of the nowhere in desert, now there's many homes. But as it turns out, as was mentioned, there's a spot in downtown or North Las Vegas that's a palm mortuary. That's where Winton Kidd knocked Bond cold. So we went there also, but had a surprise when we got there this time. <laughs> okay, so that surprise, we, we were talking at the mausoleum about how we were looking at the stained glass window. So if, in the shot in the movie, you're looking down this corridor and there's a stained glass window, but it was reversed from what we saw in the movie. And we were talking, it it really seemed odd. It was like, why is that thing backwards? Because you could clean the window without taking it out. So why, why was it out? And we weren't exactly sure what was going on there. So we (laughs) got looking at it more closely. The whole team started looking at it, both on the movie and as we were there. And why don't you talk a little bit about how we discovered why that window was reversed. Yeah, and we were still stuck. We, we still didn't know why it was reversed. It was this mystery that I've lived with for a couple of years. You know, the first mystery was where the location was because 30 years ago, people said, oh, they filmed it at this Chamber of Commerce. And then we corrected that. No, no, here's the mortuary. We went in and met with them, but only the exteriors. Now we found the second mortuary. Why is the stained glass reversed? It was, it was just, it's why. We didn't understand. My mom used to make stained glass pieces. Mm-hmm. You solder colored pieces of glass together in whatever pattern you pre-cut or design, but then it's permanent. So how would they take the window out and wash it without taking the whole wall out? And I was curious for years why the stained glass was reversed in the scene, because that's the only part reversed in the scene. And I can point out to <laughs> listeners and those watching, this places in diamonds are forever where the entire frame is reversed, where the camera is flipped, where the camera's image is flipped in the movie. But here's just the stained glass window that's horizontally flipped. But the, well, rest of, the rest of the view is exactly what kind of looks like what you saw in the movie. Or was it? And that's what we were all talking about. And yeah, I tell you, it's, there's two things that are exciting for me. One is to revisit a location. It never gets old. Last yeah. week, I was at the Filet of Soul in New Orleans for the 13th ah. time or something. <laughs> it never gets old. It's exciting day or night. Just as exciting as I'll take people there and show them different screenshots and say, where's the bad match? Do you see what parts of the scene are moving? And let them discuss it for a while. Well, in this case, we're all discussing it. You were there, Tom. We didn't know what's going on. And the the crux of it is I had the itch to find out which niche. 
Where did they really, <laughs> where did they really cost bond over the head? You know? So I did what I always do, which is you have to be confident. You have to be careful on a tour. If I'm in New York city and I step off the curb to see what the traffic is like as we're walking, 50 people step off the curb. <laughs> so I just walk up to the stained glass window and I count about two niches up and I count about 13 niches this way. And I say, there it is. That's where James Bond got hit on the head. So okay. as you know, we're posing there. People are set up as Winton Kid. They're playing with the flowers on the right. <laughs> You're smiling. Everybody's smiling. Everyone has a big glow. We linger at this location. Yeah. We're inside a funeral home, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes evening. It's pretty cool stuff. And then here's Bond laying on the floor, and we're taking pictures, and we're proving our find. Oh, I know this is right. How does Matt know this is right? Well, look at the niche. The niche now has an occupant. There's no diamonds in it anymore. But the date is after 1971, and so are the surrounding dates. In the film, they used a blank area of the mausoleum, not under use. They stuck up some fake things in a different font than what's actually there. That must be right. But then we're looking, and the funny thing happens. And if you remember, Tom, it was George Ann Mueller who was with us. Yes. And we were looking at video of Sean Connery holding the urn, and he cuts a turn into the hallway. And here's the interesting part. Mm. It had long bothered me, and as I'm showing it at the mortuary, it's bothering everybody else that Sean makes a turn, and as he heads toward the stained glass on the right-hand side, there's light streaming in right. because the mortuary is very beautiful, and there's an, an, a place that's open to the sky. Yeah. But when we were standing there, we make the same right turn. We walk past the same statue. There's two sources of light. There were <laughs> right. two interior courtyards. And so I'm thinking, well, they, they did the camera, and they did this, or they jump cut it, and we're watching the same scene, and we're all kind of standing in the mortuary yelling at each other to Matt go backwards <laughs> and look at the jump cut. Georgianne had worked in lighting for a television network for many years. And she said, always check the lighting. Yeah. She says, the hallway's different. Where, okay, and the how could it be different. different? How could it be different? Yeah. Because just as Paul Mortuary is growing out their business and making new locations, it wouldn't be that unusual for a graveyard or a mausoleum to acquire new space. And they kept the same decor, the same design. And what were the clues? Well, you were there. We were finding them together. Number one. There was light from a second courtyard. Number two, when you walk to where you thought the hallway was extended, that 15 or 20 feet, yeah. we're all looking up and down and all around, and George Ann sees that the tiles have changed. It's very subtle, but you right. see the tiles here, and they're all gray from age, from 1971. Then you see tiles that are the same composite, but are less darkened with foot traffic, less darkened with age. Uh, wow. And then mm. I'm standing back to take the camera eye view, and I noticed, which I'd noticed before, and I was pointing out, there's a thick archway. Right where the stained glass wall was removed and they extended the hallway, they left the rim and the archway. So now we had three or four clues. Now we had moved <laughs> away from the stained glass window to the second light spot. Now we counted the niches and everyone all is shouting out, what are the dates on the crypts? And the dates on the crypts were later than 71. Right. So I'm not going <laughs> to take credit for that, but I love being there in the company of newbies. They have a great time and experts have a great time. Because if there's time on the tour, we linger and we search and we play. And, and sometimes I've said before, hey, we've done 20 New Orleans locations. Hey, we did 10 things in Mexico. Do you want to look around? We'll find something else. Usually everyone's game. I've even had people say, I don't want to eat. I didn't eat lunch. I don't want to eat dinner. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm kind of hungry. You know, after my 12 hours on the clock. <laughs> no, no, no. Skip dinner. Take us to more locations. And, and that's how you make the tours fresh and you mix yeah. them up. So you were there, Tom, and you were there in spirit, Dan. And we, we yeah. found it. We found, well, we found where it actually happened in the movie. As opposed to, I don't know, just calling Bruce Glover, Mr. Wint, and going, how many niches were there in the niches? You know? <laughs> well, and to me, the, the fascinating mm -hmm. part, like you were saying, we were lingering. 
You have the statue. You've got the door that Bond walks out and he walks down that hallway and turns right. You've got the publicity pictures and nothing was adding up, but it all felt right. It was really weird. There was this dichotomy in how how you kind of felt about it because it was like something is off, but we couldn't place it until Georgian came up with this. Look at the lighting. Yeah, it's so exciting right. when you actually find the spot, especially when it was thought to be somewhere else. And now you think, oh my God, no, this is it. This is it. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty fun stuff. Yeah. And how many fans have been there? Yeah. I mean, how many film fans say, honey, let's go to the cemetery today. Why? <laughs> You know, because, but, and so, so I remind people on tour, just like I did this last week and last month, you're standing where Sean Connery is standing. And if the street is wider than that mausoleum, you're standing where there are 200 media roped off and thousand onlookers and 150 crew and six cameras. And so we're at the filet of soul and you think, okay, this is where Strutter dies. No, look at this publicity picture. There's Roger Moore. And they go, where? I go standing by that fence. It's still there. He's watching. And there's Gloria Hendry, and there's the director, Guy Hamilton, strutting around. And you get the whole sense of it. But here, we were finding out that we were, you know, 50 years off. It was, it was pretty interesting. And uh, we, we challenge always other people to go to the same spot and see if, see if it lined up. And we sent out some feelers to the mortuary themselves and to say, did you expand that building after 1971? But, but clearly they did. I mean, the marks are there in the yeah, wall. It's pretty yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so for years, everyone thought this crypt of the mausoleum location in the movie belonged to some woman whose first name was Constance, right? Something. Yes. Yeah. Right. But now (laughs) you figured out that her crypt is in, is in an addition to the mausoleum that you just (laughs) was saying because of the floor and not worn out and everything else. And it was added after the movie came out. So clearly (laughs) that was not the, the correct one. So the real one is in the older section, obviously. And yeah, I mean, this is good sleuthing and why this location finding stuff is so much fun. It's great stuff. It's it really is. Exciting. And one of the cool things is when you do this location finding <laughs> with one of Matt's groups, the people that are on these tours are yeah. Bond fans. Yeah. And you, you, can, you can find something like this. Because if it was just you and I going off of a, a guidebook, Dan, yeah, we would. There's no way in heck we would have caught that. Yeah, right. But it's we're here on this tour. We're talking about it. Matt's got the stuff for us to look at and has the expertise about here. This is about what this was, and and we can go through this. And every place we went to, we would talk about it, and people would throw in their opinions. So it was very very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, Matt, you mentioned that you're doing Jamaica. Are, are you still doing Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. And these collaborations you're talking about are great. Um, Egypt is relatively untouched from the spy who loved me from 1977. Yeah. And that's what makes Bond and, and all the spy things that you're navigating cool. You're not always in some studio. You're going on the yeah, set of a movie. You know, I mean, who hasn't dreamed of visiting the pyramids? Well, yeah. James Bond did. So Spy Love Me Egypt is still on for February. We're taking names for people who want to go to Cairo. We have a dozen signed up, which is great. And the thing about Spy Love Me in Egypt is it's a travelogue movie. It's what would James Bond do in Egypt? Well, he wouldn't necessarily go to a crypt. He'd go to the pyramids. After all, that's where you have your private meetings in a pyramid with 500 people watching. So the spots in Cairo are the same spots you'd go to anyway. If you went to Egypt, in addition, we'll have book and film locations and, and do that. 
And so that's going to happen in February. We're excited about that. And we have other things coming up as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why don't you give your website again? Sure. RubanFanEvents.com. And our next official event that actually has a dozen people with paid deposits to go is Jamaica, October of 2022. And I want to ha- announce something, if I can, on Spy Movie Navigator that I think is really cool. Sure. Um, thank you. Uh, so Janine and I, Janine Sherman and I were talking in this room where I'm sitting last night. And we were kind of doing a voir dire on the past couple of tours and what we did together, Tom, and what worked and what worked better. And we were playing around with the maps. And we'd already planned one new tour for No Time to Die in Jamaica. Uh-huh. And we finished the second one yesterday. So we looped around the map differently. And we're only going to see maybe 20% of the same things we saw in the last Jamaica tour five years ago. Wow. So wow. you're going to see No Time to Die, Live and Let Die, Dr. No, Ian Fleming items from the books, Golden Eye, and so on. And you're going to spend a wonderful eight, nine days in Jamaica with four tours, including of the resort we're staying. So it's going to be great. That sounds and, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and that's oh, October oh, 2022, bondfanevents.com? That's right. We're looking forward to seeing many of the listeners there for sure. It's yeah. Great. Matt, you're always a knowledgeable guy. I know you helped us when we were down in Miami to find a couple of bond locations. And uh, we're, we always like to have you in our pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good guy. Hey, that's a so much. All right. Hey, that's a wrap. We want to thank Matt for joining us today and letting everybody know about this excellent discovery. This has been Dan Silvestri. Tom Pizzato. Matt Sherman. (laughs) Subscribe to our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies, in your favorite podcast app and on YouTube as well. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. We appreciate it. Thanks.